Okay, Horn Toad listeners, welcome back to another episode of the Clagatil Veteran Podcast. For Season 7, this is going to be Episode 10. Now, I'm doing this in the morning. This is uh, Thursday, I mean Tuesday, February 27th, because I'm working on multiple projects, so uh, I couldn't really do the uh, podcast at night. I was just too distracted and busy, and then I got tired and fell asleep, but... Anyways, so this um, this podcast episode, um, the theme for this episode is going to be Beyond Res Borders, and it's currently windy inside the uh, outside, so that's the sound you hear in the background is the wind blowing through the uh, the chimney the inside the Hogan. So it's going to be another five-segment episode. The first one is going to be Museum Director Retirement. The second will be New Programs. The third will be Death of a Rothschild. The fourth will be Navajo Adoption. And finally, the fifth one will be Decline of, in, uh, decline of, <laughs> decline of Entertainment. And um, this one, all this stuff is going on beyond the res uh, and some of it in between or inside. So I just wanted to uh, kind of give it a nice little uh, theme of Beyond Res Borders. Because there's some things that are out of our control and some things that are in our control are still out of our control. So I'm just going to talk about these and then hopefully load them up by this afternoon. So let's with, uh, like I say, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump on to the first segment of the this episode. This is going to be number, the first one is going to be Museum Director. Once again, stand by. So, uh, welcome to the first segment, which is uh, Museum Director Retirement for Season 7, Episode 10, with the theme of Beyond Res Borders. And with this uh, episode, I'm just going to, I might keep it around 10 minutes, just because of the time frame that I want to be ready to leave for town might be. So, excuse me. And so anyways, um, this segment is about the retirement of Navajo Nation Museum Executive Director and the TV pilot that came from it. So who is the Navajo Nation Museum Executive Director? Well, none other than Mr. Manuelito Wheeler Jr., I think is, is his title. But um, Manuelito Wheeler for the most part. And he seems to be like a popular figure. Um I think the Wheeler family name kind of stands out on the res. Um, I think his family done some other great things. There's a, um, a mixed martial artist um, from Albuquerque, or last time I remember, and his name was Cody Ox Wheeler. So I don't know, like ox as in, you know, ox, bison, bulls, and all that, O-X. Um, I think uh, they might be related. I never really got the chance to ask him because – I thought um, I would get a chance, but eh, maybe I might still find out later. But anyways, so um, Manuelito Wheeler, I think he was going to school in Ganado. Um, I did, I'm trying to remember his backstory here. But um, anyways, uh, my former co-host, Navajo Pedro, shared a post on Facebook. And it's, it showed that um, Manuelito Wheeler is going to be retiring. 
And I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty interesting because uh, me and Navajo Pedro, we were part of that TV pilot show, Res Night Live. And I talked about that before, how it all came about, where I talked to Edsel Pete over at the uh, Navajo Nation, I think it was communication station. And um, I was telling him, um, I don't remember, I see, I don't remember the conversation, but I do remember that uh, Edsel goes, uh, well, are you a writer? I said, well, uh, somewhat. And he goes, well, they're going to be having a, a writer's meeting for a small TV show at the museum. Uh, if you can get there before around four o'clock, you know, it's going to be about an hour. So that's when I was uh, with my mom. I came all the way back home, dropped her off here in Clagato, turned around, zoomed all the way back to Window Rock Museum. I got there like five minutes late, but they still let me in to talk to Manuelita Wheeler. For that, I'm very grateful, you know. Um, so I sat down with him and he just asked me what experience that I had. And I just told him I, I wrote a lot of songs and parodies. Um, I was trying to learn how to become a stand-up comedian, so I, I had some material written down, and um, and he wanted some examples, so I gave him a few, and, you know, he kind of chuckled. He, I mean, actually, he did laugh, you know, um, and so he says, yeah, you know, we'll start working on this, so from then on, it took about, I don't know, what, seven months, eight months, but when we finally got the opportunity to do Res Night Live, in front of the Navajo public at the museum, um, my skit was about a Navajo car alarm, which um, it was it was supposed to be the selling point of the skit. You know, um, the car alarm when when the when the husband and wife team were unsure of how to spend their money on like a lemon, uh, the car salesman he finally sold them on buying it by kicking the car. And the alarm was supposed to go yee-ya-yee-ya-yee-ya-yee-ya. But on the night of the actual show, they gave the microphone to James Jones. And this is where I'm kind of like, I hold it against him because it kind of upset me the way he did it. And his was yee-ya-yee-ya. And, you know, oh, man, I was so upset because I was like, come on, dude. You know, we've been doing this for like seven months or whatever. And you know how it sounded, you know, how many times I got to bring it up, you know. Anyways, uh, with that, the I was supposed to be the writer and I wanted to direct the people on how I wanted the skit to go. But Manny Alito Wheeler said, no, you know, you guys, you're also going to be part of the skit, which I was fine with, too. You know, I was like, all right, but I, I don't have much of a stage presence because, you know, at the time I was all fat and sloppy and. I really couldn't think of any other way to really make myself stand out and look funny other than getting a wig and putting it on my head. And I was trying to go for like a Justin Bieber type thing. And um, I was trying to wear like a Bill Cosby sweater. I was basically trying to look like a simp, um, like a beta male. And the wife character was supposed to be the one that's um, making me um, have have the um, the problem of being pulled back and forth between her and the car salesman. So anyways, um, I was upset with her because, oh, well, anyways, I was supposed to, well, after a while, when he said, we're going to be a part of the skit, I was going to be the car salesman. Then I got changed to the husband. And so when me and her went out there, she froze and she kind of like didn't remember her lines because when we were done rehearsing all those months before, she would just take off. 
because my skit was the last one. So she would just take off and I'm like, come on, man, work with me here. You know, uh, just get to know the script enough to where you can, um, where you can improv. Now the guy that played, uh, the car dealer, well, first he was the husband, then the car dealer. Uh, that's, that was that guy fucking sick. Um, Cody artist. Now he was good, but he kind of went a little too far. He kind of like started taking the skit elsewhere. I'm like, ah, oh, dude, man, I don't have, you know, we haven't rehearsed enough to really prepare for like just going all off the wall and try to find what's funny at the moment, you know? And see, that was my whole point. Even though I never really wrote anything for like television or to be, um, to be produced or to be acted out like that. I just knew that if we learned the basics of what the script was, then it would have been okay to, um, you know, improv. But I didn't know how to say that to them at the time. So I said, yeah, just improv, but just learn the script. So to them, that meant, oh, well, we can do whatever we want. And I'm like, yeah, you can, but don't forget the selling point is the car alarm. And um, so anyways, that 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 girl, um, I mean, that lady, uh, Shandine Jeff, I think was her name. Um, she's going to be, or I don't know if this retirement thing ha already happened for Manuelita Wheeler, but uh, she's supposed to be the MC for that. But uh, when I looked at that flyer, it said, you know, uh, what was it? Um, what was it? It said, um, you know, you're welcome to come up and say something. So... If it has not happened yet, and today I want to go check out the Navajo Nation Museum, see see if that thing has happened or not yet. If it has not, and they give me a date, what I want to do is get up there, and I just want to thank Manuelito Wheeler for giving me that opportunity, you know. It very, shit, it never happens, you know. Somebody that would believe in me enough to say, okay, I think you're funny enough to where, you know, you can run this uh, skit, be a part of this show, and help um, to help be a part of it, to make it real, you know? So that's where, you know, I just want to get up there and just say, Hey man, you know, thanks for all that. Um, but there's, um, there's a funny thing about Manuelito Wheeler. This, after we were done with that pilot episode, excuse me, I think it was like a month later, or two months later, we, we gathered around again for another skit. And this was supposed to be for season, uh, episode two, it never happened, and now he's retiring, so I don't think it's going to happen at all, but that's something I would like to ask him about, too, you know. Anyways, so when we all got back together, um, or no, no, one of the one of the times we were, we, as writers, uh, when we're getting all together, Navajo Pedro, he goes, hey, man, where are you going today? I think he called me, and I said, oh, I'm just going to the museum. Uh, they want to have another writer's meeting, and um I'm just going to go over there and come back. He goes, hey, I want to go with you. I'm like, okay, but just so you know, Manuelito Wheeler says, you know, just it's just he, he just wants the writers. He says he don't want anybody else, like all the extras and stuff like that. Just stay home, basically, or do whatever. But um, Navo Pedro says, oh, that's fine. So he came over, and when we got there, as soon as Manuelito Wheeler saw um, Navajo Pedro, he goes, no, I told you not to bring him. I told you he, it's just us writers or just the writers or something like that. I said, yeah, he, he's just, he's just, he just wants to go to the library or something. I, I don't remember what I told him, but that's where I really kind of saw um, Manuelito Wheeler is 
you know, basically a dick, you know, I, I, I ain't gonna lie, but I can understand he was probably under some pressures and stuff like that. And then me coming in with uh, Navajo Pedro, he probably thought, well, who the fuck is Mateo to come bringing in this guy and disobeying my orders, basically, you know. But in all actuality, I did let Navajo Pedro know, but he still wanted to come in. So I was like, all right, you know, and he's he's my bro. He's my co-host and all that. So I really couldn't just tell him, no, stay, stay here, stay home. I'm not going to take you, you know. So, um, anyways, so that was where me and Navajo Pedro, after, um, after we were done with that writer's meeting, I, I met him outside and he goes, what was Manuelito's problem? I said, I don't know, dude, but, um, and the thing with Manuelito Wheeler is he has a Navajo bun and he, I don't know, he's about six, two, maybe six foot two. And he wears these suspenders all the time and he wears moccasins sometimes. So right there um i to make navajo pedro feel better i was like yeah you know manuelito wheeler is just a what was it a dick with suspenders and that really cracked him up and then from then on uh navajo pedro was like yeah that dick with suspenders so that's what we kind of call manuelito wheeler there for a while but um like i said you know it's just one of those unfortunate incidents where i'm just trying to make someone with hurt feelings kind of laugh you know it's kind of been my my trope, you know. I, I try to make light of a situation until it's time to go dark, you know. But anyways, uh, so after we're getting ready to do uh, episode two, I had two skits I pitched. One was um, uh, another in-law where he meets his um, the guys that knocked up his nieces and he's uh, like a drill instructor. He's telling them how to chop woods and butcher and keep the house clean and all that. So he's giving them a lot of orders. And there was just, it was just a lot of wordplay. And then the second one I had was um, a story about um, Captain Diabetes, where I wanted um, Ernie Sosi to play Captain Diabetes as a superhero, and James Junes was going to be um, uh, the insulin kid, I think. And then um, Diabetes was going to be like Cody Artist. He was going to be like a um, supervillain. And, you know, that, that was a skit that I was pitching, but in, oh, anyway, so that Shandine Jeff came in and what was surprising to me was that how Manuelita Wheeler put her in as a writer when Navajo Pedro was there before she was. And I had introduced Navajo Pedro long before Shandine Jeff even came in the picture. But the fact that he put her in there, I was like, ooh, disrespect, dude. Come on, man. You know, it's like, come on. You, you know, Pedro, he's funny. You know, he's he's got his little uh, quirks and stuff like that. He could definitely help out on this writing team. But what her pitch was, was about being like a female Donald Trump or becoming Donald Trump or something like that. And then she was um, going to be clumsy or whatever. And it just... To me, it just didn't seem that funny. Yeah, you know, they were laughing about it, and James Junes and Ernie Sosi were really uh, pushing her to go with that skit. I'm like, come on, man, there's, there's other things to do. Stay away from that political shit, you know. I mean, if you want to do that, you know, I was going to tell them, we can do a game show called Who Said That? And, you know, it's like those play on those old 1970 um, uh, game shows, where the, the crowd would chant the, the name of the game. And that's where I was going to say, like, a whole bunch of, we could all get together and say, who said that? You know, then play that over. And then um, 
then we're going to have like uh, categories of uh, I'm not here or they're on travel. They're not here. They're, they're on leave. They're on vacation. They're on training. And then the contestants would try to figure out, is that the president's office? Is that the chapter house? Is that, you know, is that the Navajo Nation economic department or whatever, you know, the NTUA? So all that, that's how that skit was supposed to go. And I was going to say, you know, we could do that instead of doing all this Donald Trump shit. Because uh, for one thing, you know, it really divides the group. It divides Navajos who were Republicans and were all maggot out. And then it'll pit them against those who just find anything funny, the sheeple, you know. So for me, I wanted to stay away from that because, you know, I figured that we had enough talent to really just create new funny scenarios and situations rather than trying to get all political. But anyways, with that being said, you know, um, I just if that retirement party hasn't happened yet, then. I want to at least say my thank yous to uh, Manny Lito Wheeler for putting me up there and uh, letting me uh, express my comedy. And then also on that note, I just wanted to say that it was, now that I think about it, it was, it was pretty cool to work with uh, two le legends of stand-up comedy on the reservation side with uh, James Junes and Ernie Sosi Jr. And then uh, Chijba was kind of new to me, but she was she was pretty good. And then uh, that Cody artist, it was all right. You know, it's a pretty cool dude. Anyways, other than that, uh, let me go ahead and jump on to their, our next segment. This one's going to be new programs. Here we go.